to the Rule Renewal Podcast, episode six. We're so glad that you joined us. This is our last episode of season one. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I hope you all have enjoyed it as well. And uh, we're definitely one of the one of the reasons we did the podcast is that we're uh, hoping that we'll get a chance to see some of you at the Rural Renewal uh, Summit. Summit, which is an online event uh, put on by Fresh Expressions. Um, where there's going to be trainings and opportunities for uh, for y'all to learn about uh, and share about how to do learn ministry, and encourage yeah, encourage and, as yeah, yeah uh, uh, how to do uh, or how to do how to, how to participate in uh, in rural ministry. So um, uh, whether that's certainly on a on a pastoral level, but also certainly on a lay leadership kind of level as well. So um, yeah, so hopefully uh, we'll get to see a bunch of you uh, there uh, virtually um, for that event. That'd be great. Yeah, and I will. I'm going to be. Uh, the, one of the hosts of of the event, so you will definitely see me there, and I'm excited to be a part and of that. I, you'll see me pop in and out. I, I will be sort of in charge of potentially of our three children at the time. We're also going to be at uh, Kathleen brothers Kathleen's brother in law's house. No, my brother in law's. My goodness, it's her brother, yeah. Brian. We know that you're Kathleen's brother. Um, we're going to be at uh, Kathleen's brother's house for the event. Um, so uh, so there'll be some cousins. I don't know. I'll, 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 we'll see how much I'm able to be there, but I'm hoping to be there for a good portion. Yeah, and there's always afterwards that you can watch it. So if you sure. can't make it live, you can uh, you can sign up and get the videos after afterwards and be able to participate in that way. So Chris might be doing a lot of that. Yeah, and there'll be a link in the description below of uh, how to how to sign up if you haven't signed up already. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're uh, so Chris, tell us about uh, picking up the kids. Okay, so um, one of the things we try to do at the beginning of the podcast each week is we talk a little bit about what's been going on in our lives. Um, and so one of the things that happens if, uh, when for me, I've talked a little bit about how my undergraduate degrees in meteorology and how I uh, have be- started a Facebook page originally, and now it's mostly a YouTube channel called the West River Weather Guy. Um, and I do forecasts a couple times a week, and uh, it's one of the things that uh, God has kind of enabled me to do in the midst of doing rural ministry. That was my original what I thought God was leading me to for the uh, originally in life that was uh, was towards uh, a career in meteorology, which obviously is not the direction I ended up actually going in. But um, lo and behold, uh, when you pastor in a small town, you get opportunities to do that, some of that kind of stuff. Um, so one thing that happens, um, because over time, it's been going on for, I've had the page for at least 10, 11, I don't know, almost since the, we get moved here, a couple of years after we moved here, maybe. Um, people recognize me and ask questions about the weather all the time. Um, so the other day I was walking down to get the kids. Um, we had to walk just down to the bottom of our hill, basically on our road, pick up the kids, uh, off the bus and actually don't have to go down there. No, they could. Yeah. (laughs) But it would be another 20 minute ride. Yeah. Yeah. Basically saves some time. So, um, and it's good. Uh, it gives a nice break up to the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, anyways, I was walking down the hill. And uh, somebody, I, I see a car kind of slow down as it goes by me, which is not unusual. Um, but they roll down the window and you just never know what somebody might ask you. But um, uh, it, 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 but this day it was a question about whether, how much rain we were going to get on the weekend. Are we going to get an inch of rain? Really going to get an inch of rain? Um, and uh, this was not, this uh, This was a couple weeks ago that this happened. But um, so um, I believe uh, I said, we're not going to get quite an inch of rain, but we hit close to that. And I, I think we got maybe half to three quarters of an inch of rain. So that was a win for the forecast uh, right there, um, which not always. <laughs> Um, we have good friends that will tell you about the time I predicted five to nine inches of snow and they got 40 something inches of snow. So yeah, that's forecasting. I get it right about as often as the real. Well, I think also you, you will freely admit when you, you got it wrong and um, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, meteorology is a uh, humbling, you know, uh, hopefully pastoring is a humbling 
uh, or just being a Christian should be a humbling, you know, should learn to be humble uh, and, and be humbled at times. Um, uh, meteorology is a, is a profession that will humble you. You are going to get it wrong quite often. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so our local grocery store, which is... Oh, yeah. What, what's been going on in your life? Sorry, Kathleen. I should be asking these questions. No, you know, it's totally it, fine. We have our phones here with, like, lists of what we're supposed to do. Yeah. I'm still forgetting. Um, <laughs> so our uh, local grocery store, uh, it it um, was sold uh, a few years ago. And so it's an, it has a new name, which... It used ever, to be an IGA. It used to be an IGA, but it was called Clark's. Now it's the Londonary Community Market. It is, yes. Okay. So, but everybody uses both names because everybody knows that that's what it is. Uh, anyway, so they have been doing like major renovations the last like two or three weeks. And every time you go in there, you never know where anything's going to be um, or if they're going to have what you're looking for. Sometimes there's cheese, sometimes there's not. So, uh, and then you go down the aisles and of course there's someone there that you know. So then you're, you're joking around with a person. And you're like, oh, do you know where the the chips are this week? Or, you know, I don't know what, what whatever you're looking for. So it's been quite the adventure um, topic of a lot of conversations. You, you know, when you live in a small town, you have to find things to, you know, to, to lightly complain about. Hopefully, hopefully there hasn't been a lot of real complaints. It'll be complaining. There'll be, it'll be nice when the stores. Uh, well, yeah, I assume it's going to be nice when they finish the renovation. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, it's definitely something for the rest of us to kind of go, oh, can you believe I can't find anything in the store? Yeah. So, yeah. So. Um, yeah. So uh, enough of our. That's the, yes. Uh, the exciting, wonderful. Exciting, yeah. Okay. In, in small town. Um, so we have something pretty different for you this week um, than we've had in the past. We have, uh, we have, we did two, two interviews uh, a couple of weeks ago or back in our second episode, but we have three interviews. These are a little bit shorter, um, although they're not, they're, 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 we get into some depth with them, but these are interviews with people who do uh, creative ministry. Um, uh, if, if you're familiar with fresh expressions, they do basically different kinds of fresh expressions ministry. Yeah. In local congregations. And if you area. don't, if you don't know what fresh expressions is, that's mm. okay. Uh, so, uh, fresh expressions is, uh, basically it's a way to encourage churches to cultivate spaces other than Sunday mornings, uh, to share about Jesus and to, to create community, uh, like a Christian community. Um, and, a lot of churches do it already, um, but they might not call it fresh expressions. Uh, but uh, the organization that is putting on the rule, this rule renewal podcast and the summit is is called Fresh Expressions. So if you've if you've kind of heard something about it and you're like, I'm not completely sure what this is about, um, now you know. And if you look in the show notes for this episode, there is a video link. Um, to give you a better idea. Um, and you can always uh, look at freshexpressions.com for even more information about that. Yeah. And I would say just as um, uh, Kathleen, obviously uh, she's a, um, your, what is your actual title for them? You're a uh, um, con- coordinator for strategic initiatives. There we go. Um, this is why I can't remember your title. Uh, but uh, so she, uh, um, I would say from my perspective as someone who has uh, been through some of the trainings for fresh expressions, been to a national conference and, uh, and and kind of worked alongside with some of the stuff. One of the things for rural ministry that they do that I really appreciate about them is uh, is finding ways for the uh, what they call the inherited church. It is sort of the the traditional church, uh, the church that meets on Sunday morning and includes most of uh, it makes up most of our congregations. Uh, ways for them to um, uh, find different ways for people who are not going to be comfortable with that kind of setting. Um, and in your rural communities, you're definitely going to have a lot of those people, but you're also going to have this sense of a of of a of a, 
of an inherited church oftentimes there that's made up of a core of people who really do appreciate all the things and and the organization appreciates the things that the, the inherited church brings to the table um while also encouraging people within an inherited church to find creative ways uh to share the gospel with those outside the church so they do a lot of trainings there's a lot of they, they do all sorts of stuff alongside of that and the summit is one of those things so that's why uh we're encouraging you to go and why i think there are, if you haven't ever seen what a fresh expression is before watch the video it's worth it i agree <laughs> uh so before we do that, uh, each week we're going to give you a way you you know that you have found the right podcast. So Chris, tell us this week. Yeah. Um. So one of the things that you know is just this is just true if you live in a rural area is that uh, if you go outside at night, um, uh, particularly if you get out of your little town village, whatever that might be, and you look up, you just get the beauty of God's creation and the stars. Uh. Uh spread out over the top of you. And certainly if you've always lived in a rural area, you certainly take this for granted. But um, for several years, we had a group of uh, kids from uh, youth from Pennsylvania who used to come when they lived kind of, they were out just outside of Philadelphia. They used to come up um, and do a summer mission trip uh, and mission projects in our town with our youth. And um, actually we used to bring our kids down there sometimes during winter. But anyways, um, as part of that, one of the things that they always love to do, and I, I, our kids would just be amazed at how much, how much joy they took in this, is they would Often, um, sometimes they stayed at, uh, they would often stay at the uh, local elementary school during the summer and they would go out um, at like 10 o'clock at night on a clear night and they would all just lay down on the soccer field and like look up at the stars and just be amazed at how many stars they live in a suburban or an urban area. Um, you see like 10 stars when you look up, but when you, when you live in, in rural Vermont or many other rural places um, on a clear night, you look up and you can see uh, thousands of stars and you can see the Milky Way. It's really amazing. So yeah, if you can look up and you can see more than 10 stars at night or more than 30 or more than 50 or more than 100 stars at night, I think this is the podcast for you. Okay. Um, so uh, like I said, we have three different interviews for you this week. Kathleen, who is our first interview with? Uh, our first interview is with David Blackwell. He is the pastor of Florence Curtin Church. Um, and they do some really innovative things, uh, like the cowboy church. And I'm, I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, this yeah, definitely. It's well worth a listen. So here is our interview with David. Black. We're talking with David today. David, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're serving and, and what you're doing? Sure. It's great to be with you guys today. My name is David Blackwell. I'm pastor at Florence Carlton Community Church in Florence, Montana. Uh, we're in the Bitterroot Valley of Montana, just south of Missoula on the western edge, uh, uh, about, about 20 miles from Idaho, give or take. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a beautiful place, uh, uh, semi-rural, I would say. There's lots of little small towns up and down the valley where we are. It's just a uh, a wonderful little little spot in in God's creation for us to uh, to be uh, be serving in this place. So, uh, just kind of a neat area. Uh, Florence itself is about eh, the, the zip code is four thousand people. We're unincorporated. Uh, okay, we're a wide spot in the middle of the road. So, yep. uh, uh, in between two slightly larger towns of about six thousand people. So that's okay. kind of our context and and where we are. Yeah, that's um, we're, so we're in Southern Vermont, as uh, many people know here and who li listeners will know. But um, we are uh, uh, we 
off feel that as well. We're sort of in the in the mountains and and, and there's sort of uh, towns to the west and towns to the east of us as you head down the mountains into the valleys a little bit more. But uh, yeah, little tiny places and it's, it's uh, beautiful spots to do ministry for God. We certainly uh, it's it's amazing to be able to kind of walk out the door and just see God's creation spilled out in front of everyone. Yeah. 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 So once you get here, you sort of take root. We've been here 18 years now. Wow. And, uh, wow. It's, it's just that's awesome. Uh, just a just a great place. I think that's one of the things that helps ministry be successful in these contexts is when you're willing to kind of just settle in and and uh, make it make it your home. Yeah. People yeah, begin, we wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys have probably experienced that as well when you when you yeah. when yeah. you're there Absolutely. for a while. That that it takes a while to gain trust in these areas. It does. In, it in, does. In these in in these contexts, and they uh, the, the longer you hang in there, uh, uh, folks get to know you, and they start to embrace you. They do. Yeah, we've definitely talked many times with people, and you you you're just pulling back layers as you get to know them more and more. Not that I mean they you know over the years and thirteen years, every once in a while I still hear a story from somebody I've known the whole time we've been here, um, and I'm like, oh. That gives me a little bit more of an understanding of who you are and how you think about the world and how you, how you think about your relationship with God. And yeah, yeah. It's- uh, now, so what do you see as God's specific mission for your particular context? We're, uh, as you know, we're in a, we're in this rural area, uh, and uh, uh, we specifically see ourselves as a church that is looking to represent the grace of Jesus well within our context. That's a, that's a commodity in some of our areas that are, uh, that can be, uh, that can be hard to come by. And so we're looking to be a very grace centered congregation mm. in a rural community. Uh, and, and that has a tremendous amount of traction, uh, for people in the, in the best ways possible. They're looking for that, you know, for that fresh breath of, of Jesus grace, you know, I'm not, uh, you, you don't want to be negative about others, but uh, small, you know, in, in these areas, people can get sort of locked into their own way of expressing, uh, the grace of Jesus. And, and we try to be a little bit more open and with, while mm-hmm. being faithful to the gospel, uh, Certainly. uh, being a little more, a little more open to that. Um, as we have done some of the some of the fresh expression stuff that we've done, uh, kind of our mantra has been: we, you know, we don't need more churches here. We got plenty of churches, but there need to be more churches that uh, that are a little bit more graceful, and mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to to plant along the way. So. Oh, that's great. That's uh, um, and and so and a, a needed reminder, uh, I think, for all of us, right? To, to be to be willing to be gracious and to sh- and to be full of grace towards those around us, and to recognize that there are people around us for whom maybe the more tr- uh, traditional is maybe in the wrong way, but the you know the, some of the ways that we've expressed grace to them in the past. If they're if they're not hearing it, then maybe there's a different way that we can express that, and then we'll hear it yeah. and encounter Jesus for the first time. Yeah, because it doesn't matter what we say; it's what people hear. That is right. That's very, it's very true. <laughs> Definitely. Now, uh, can you share with us some of your experience with fresh expressions, like your cowboy church or dinner church? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, uh, the cowboy church was kind of the first thing that we did. Um, uh, uh, my, my, our, our executive director here, Charles Rebus, uh, awesome leader and a, and a wonderful guy. He's the first one who said, Dave, this is a fresh expression. I didn't think of it as a fresh expression at first, but then 
it, it eventually dawned on me that in our rural contexts, which are pretty traditional and where things change more slowly, you don't have to move the very needle very far to be fresh. And Cowboy Church was one of those things where we didn't move the needle very far. Mm. But what we were discovering was that, uh, that, that folks in our area already had this preconceived notion of the Sunday morning church. Mm. Where you had to dress up, you had to do tie, you had to wear a suit and tie, you had to be kneeling and standing and kneeling and standing, and that's not our church, our Sunday morning church at all. Um, I think there are only four ties in the whole place on Sunday morning. Three of them are bolos, and one is mine. So you know, <laughs> you know, we are, it is as laid back as it gets. But that perception, what people you know, what people already think they know was difficult. So we just decided we're going to try something on Wednesday night. It's going to be, uh, we're going to call it Cowboy Church. Uh, it's going to, you know, and as we, as we present it to people, we're going to say no ties allowed. That's, and that's about as far as we moved the needle in terms mm. of, uh, in, in terms of what we were doing and, and a change in musical style. I've got a, we've, we've got a great worship guy, Dean Heitzman, who, uh, uh, he, he knows every country western song written before 1974, and <laughs> and so he took over the music, and we just keep it simple. We sing, we pray, we preach. Uh, the warm up music is Merle Haggard and Johnny Cash, and then the 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 the, the worship songs are Will the Circle Be Unbroken and I Saw the Light, and it's just yep. a, it, it's just a neat thing. And uh, and then we sing, we pray, and we preach. I sit down on it. They, mm. uh, as it has morphed over the last ten years, they got me a, a a milk can to sit on to preach from because they said we don't like it when you're standing up, Dave. Here's a milk can. It's a milk can with a tractor seat welded to the top of it. And uh, uh, we uh, uh, and, and we just have it's more conversational than a Sunday morning for sure yep. uh, because the group is smaller. Uh, yep. 20, mid twenties to 30 people, something, something like that. But it's, it's, it's a great gathering, but it's a, it fits the context here. It overcomes some of the barriers that we, uh, uh, that, that, that people have, have built up in their own minds. It's just, you know, just saying, okay, we're, we're just stripping that barrier out of the way. And we're going to talk about Christ. We're going to talk about the gospel and how Jesus mm -hmm. works in you on a day-to-day -day basis. And and, and and it has been embraced throughout the course mm. of the last seven eight years. Now there's a great group of people that gather there. Yeah, I love that 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 the creativity there to say we don't have to do we don't have to completely do everything different, but just mm. simply changing a few things and saying you know um, this you know I I love the fresh expressions that come out that are way out of the box right tattoo church or mm -hmm. you know kayak church it's amazing to hear that story but yeah. uh, I, in a rural place those things can sound I think uh, awfully intimidating perhaps um, but just mm -hmm. hey we're gonna do a service it's gonna be pretty similar but you're not allowed to wear a tie and we're gonna we're gonna sing some slightly different songs that's amazing that's so mm -hmm. good yeah and yeah because in our in our rural context people you know people live in in rural places because they are more they they they, they like the stability they like they the quiet they like they do. Th those things are things that mesh with their personality that god's given them so yeah yeah like i said we discovered you just don't have to move the needle very far it, 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 to, to help them put aside their preconceived notions 
and open their heart to what God might hmm. might want to do through that. So, yeah, um, uh, we did end up serving a lot of meals there for a while pre, you know, pre COVID, pre the unpleasantness. Our ladies started doing a meal every week. So it turned hmm. turned into a little, you know, it sort of gradually morphed into a dinner church in some respects because people like to eat. But uh, yep. but uh, but but post. You know, you know, post the unpleasantness that hasn't returned, but mm. many of the people have. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it, yep. it, it's just a, uh, it's just a thing. In fact, yeah, you don't have to move the needle very far in our rural contexts to do something fresh. Yep. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a that's that's a statement worth remembering. I think for all mm. of us. Um, to find that the the little ways we can be just a little creative to to, to help the people that would have some preconceived notions about church feel comfortable in that setting, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, really really helpful. Um, you talked a little bit about uh, the meals. Um, uh, you're telling us a little bit before we started about uh, how your dinner church kind of morphed through through the through as as COVID kind of <laughs> mo- had to move the needle on it. Uh, just tell I think that's a really a helpful story. So if you want to share that a little bit, that would okay. Be great. Yes, we uh. uh uh, again, through our through our region, Mission Northwest, Charles introduced us to the concepts of dinner church, and we spent about a year sort of finding the people for whom that was a passion, and and them getting ready to launch that. And you know, there there are others who can speak to you know, you know, read Verlin Posner's book. That's all you got to do to get to <laughs> <laughs> dinner church, right? So, uh, so so we were we were working through all of that, and we actually launched uh, uh, dinner church. Uh, down in our in the town just south of us, the first week our folks had not, had no one there. It was every worker and nobody uh, uh, came. The second week they had seven, uh, and they were really excited about that. The third week we had fourteen people show up for dinner church. Uh, that was amazing. We were just like, oh my goodness, God's doing something incredible here. And then the fourth week was the middle of March, twenty twenty. And the governor of Montana shut everything down because of the unpleasantness. And, uh, you know, one of the things I love about our people here in this congregation in particular, uh, it's they were like, okay, we can't do this. What can we do? Mm -hmm. So um, uh, they started doing takeout. Uh, We had rented the senior center for dinner church in the in, in the small town in which they are. They were based, so they just started boxing the meals, setting up in the parking lot of the of the senior center. They, um, uh, uh, Corey Skiers, our leader, uh, would write the message. It's just like a one page, four hundred, four hundred word, five hundred word devotional, and we started doing drive through. People would just drive through. They'd say, "How many meals do you need? And would you like a message? Can we pray for you about anything?" And then off off they would go and uh, uh, that happened in march of 2020 and we haven't been able to get away from it since <laughs> it's just it's just been really it's really fascinating to see how how uh, i think i told you guys it's the aardvark of dinner churches it's the strangest <laughs> thing i've ever seen uh but but people are taking you know, up they'll they'll come by and and uh, since then, we've gradually gotten a small group of seven to ten people who will come in and sit down and mm. and sort of do the quote standard fresh expression. If you want to talk about it, yeah. talk about that oxymoron. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but the people who are coming to get the meals and it's it's a hundred every week. 
Mm. Uh, and uh, they'll come by and they'll say, hey, can, can we get six meals or 10 meals? And we'll hand them six or 10, whatever they ask for. And then they will say, we need 10 of the messages. Mm. Because what they are doing is they are taking the meals to neighbors and then they are sitting down together and reading the message together yeah. and discussing it within the context of their own home. It's really weird. And it's, it's, it's one of those things that if you're a, you know, if you're a process guy like me and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not brilliant. I'm not entrepreneurial. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a, you know, check the box. Here's what you do. Here's how you do it. So when you're one of those check the boxes kind of guys like me, I'm sitting there asking them, well, how do we evaluate how effective it is? You know, all that kind of, all that kind of thing. It's just kind of, you know, you know, you have to let go of that. And, uh, uh, and, uh, I'm sitting there going, how do we evaluate this? He says, well, they're taking the, Corey says, well, they're taking the meals and they're asking for the messages. So it must be going pretty well, you know? Yeah. They're not, they're not taking the meals and using the messages as a napkin. They're, yep. they're, they're actually taking them and using them. So there's something that God's doing there yep. in the middle of all, all of that. So we're just, uh, you know, you know, what was it? Rick Warren's words were just ride the wave and uh, yep. <laughs> we're riding the wave and, and, and seeing what God's going to do with, with that down the line. So uh, it's a, well, yeah, that's, I, I appreciate the story because again, it kind of uh, <laughs> helps with understanding, you know, the need to, sometimes you're going to have to need to pivot in these kind of in, in fresh expressions, mm-hmm. hopefully not for, for, for reasons like we've had to over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but for, for, for any number of reasons. And, uh, and the, the willingness, one of the things that's nice is we always say this about some of the things we've tried, particularly in, in fresh expressions kind of stuff. Um, when you're starting something like this, uh, it was, it was, there was nothing going on before. You can't break something that was already going on before, right? You, you <laughs> yeah. try it and sometimes stuff goes, you do see some really neat stuff happen. Sometimes you're like, man, maybe we won't try that again. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, it gives us, uh, but uh, just that willingness to keep pushing, pushing towards, you know, new ideas, different ideas, and a willingness to keep trying them and keep trying to find ways that people can interact and connect with Jesus, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in their own context. So it's really good. Yeah, the people the people are always the project, and they are, and uh, yeah, the, it doesn't matter if it's if it's what what the tool is at that particular moment. You just yeah, you you just give it a roll and see what happens. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you, da- David, for coming um, on our podcast today. Uh, I have one last question for you. How can our listeners find you online? Uh, we uh, FlorenceCarltonChurch dot com. Uh, you can you can find us there and uh we'll uh yeah you'll you can find sermon illustrations it's not the world's greatest website it's uh, but 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 yeah, yeah there there are links to our facebook page and uh and, and to sermons on youtube and things like that there and uh and uh email addresses if anybody wants to shoot an email our way that's there as well all right great well thank you again thank you so much thanks guys So thank you so much uh, to David for sharing that interview with us, and uh, we hope you found it informative. Um, so one thing that I took, one thing we do at the end of our, our, our interviews there is we want to talk about one thing that we're each going to take away from this. And so uh, I took away from this that people live in rural areas because they like the stability and the quiet. And uh, David reminded us that um, 
there's a reason people tend to live in rural areas and that we should embrace those kinds of things. I agree. Uh, and for me, I liked how he said a little change can strip away or strip some of the barriers mm. away. And uh, I think sometimes we have to, we feel like we need to make everything completely different or new in order to encourage people to um, participate. But that's not always the case. Yeah. Sometimes just a little bit of a change can make a big difference. I really appreciated that about him. Okay. Uh, so we have our next interview coming up. Um, Kathleen, uh, I was not uh, available for, to do this interview. So Kathleen did it on her own. So Kathleen, uh, tell us about who you're interviewing next. Uh, the next interview is with Chris and J.D. Smith. They're pastoral team at Jordan Memorial UMC and La Luz de Cristo IMU. Uh, it's in North Carolina and their ministry, they work uh, to bridge cultural and language barriers. So uh, without further ado, we'll listen to that interview. We're back today talking with JD and Chris Smith. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, how'd you end up doing ministry in a rural location? And uh, what led you to doing what you're doing now? So um, it's so great to be here with, with everybody. And so uh, we serve within the United Methodist Church. And so we're an appointed process. So we, we got here because our bishop sent us here. <laughs> um, and that's just part of our itinerary thing. But uh, as we've served in urban settings, this is our first rural setting. And so far, we have loved it. Um, I mean, I grew up in a rural, rural town. My wife grew up in a rural Me town too. as well. And so for us, this is really getting back to kind of the heart because rural are their community. It's it's places where everybody knows each other, uh, sometimes for better, or for worse, uh, with, with how well that works. Uh, people know you that, you know, you're in the grocery store and people know you and they talk about your sermon and you have no idea who they are because they don't go to your church. Um, but they <laughs> watch it online or, or something. Um, but yeah, just following that that passion for, for creating community, I think is what has brought us to the rural setting and love it. We're not wanting to leave the rural setting um, because we believe church is community. And so being able to experience that is, is vital to our ministry. And for me, it's just like going home because that's, um, so I was born in Puerto Rico and I attended a rural church there uh, for 22 years. <laughs> and so for me, it just feels like coming back home where everybody's a family. You, you know, you just feel that love and that passion to, to reach to others and to do more for, for the kingdom of God. Mm. I like that. Now, what do you see as God's specific mission for your particular context? Oh, great question. Um, so within our context, so we have, uh, we serve actually two congregations under one roof. So we have a, an Anglo congregation and a Hispanic Latino congregation. And part of, I think all of our, our mission and mission or ministry is how do we get back? to God, shalom. How do we get back to as it is meant to be? And so rural settings are great because we have Edens everywhere. We have rivers, we have mountains. Um, the piece that's missing is, is us, is people, uh, because we tend to want to divide. We want to put this group versus that group. And so I think part of our mission is bridging cultures, bridging language, um, and bringing people that wouldn't normally have any reason to be together around the table to be together. And I think that's what Jesus did. And so we see that as part of our, 
um, ministry as well. Uh, the, the rural South, of course, still has its its challenges and issues. And so we find ourselves put right in the heart of that uh, to try to help bridge those places. So that's, that's what I see as our mission. Mm-hmm. And I will add to that, that let's, let's be honest, <laughs> there's not much to do or there's not much happening in rural communities, right? There's not like your big Starbucks to meet or uh, there's not all these fun places. And so for me, it's exciting to be able to create fun and meaningful and safe spaces where the community can come and gather and get to know one another and just have something to do. That's great. Now, um, you have uh, experience with Fresh Expressions. Can you tell us about that in your church and your community? So, yeah. So, gosh, we kind of started the Fresh Expression journey several years ago. Um, and in a previous church, we uh, did a, a soccer church. Uh, we had a Spanish Latino congregation. We had an indoor gym that wasn't being used. And so we found, hey, kids love to play soccer. Um, and so we partnered with community um, leaders that actually did the soccer programming piece of it. And so we just fell in love with that and had people coming through the gym seven nights a week uh, to come and play soccer. So we, we really fell in love with the idea that church doesn't have to be Sunday morning, you know, rigid liturgy, all this stuff. I mean, it can be that. That's OK. Um, but that there's this blended ecology that you can do that, but you can also do this other stuff. And so we fell in love with that. And so when we came to our setting here, we immediately started looking at what are the places that that's already happening? Um, and so for one, we got here, we had a, a ladies exercise group that was um, mostly people from our community and mostly older, either widows or just older women that wanted connection after COVID. And so they were already meeting. And so we started putting in the, a little bit of a piece of a Jesus story or sharing a little bit about what's going on. And, and it has blossomed and grown. And so they meet twice a week. Uh, we have a walking group. Uh, so Deep River is our, our river that runs through this area. And there's a beautiful walking trail on it. And so we have a group that meets out there three times a week. And they just walk in the mornings and just share stories, share what they have going on. And so those are kind of our two big ones that are going. And then the, the rest, we're, uh, we're really right in that um, exploratory phase. Uh, we're trying to listen. Um, and if mm-hmm. you're listening about this for Fresh Expressions, I can't. I can't say that enough. We, we tend to want to jump right in and, and do something. And the listening piece is so important to the process. And so we, we have a community meal. We have AA. We have English as second language. And so we have all these things that we're excited about, but we're trying not to push too much because we want to make sure we're going to do what the community needs and not what we think the community needs. And so we're doing that piece of listening. And J.D. has a great one that she does called Growing Together. I'll let her explain that one. <laughs> That's my, uh, what I'm excited about uh, growing together. So when we first moved to uh, this community, um, I, of course, being younger, you use social media and (laughs) you get to hear conversations from people in the community. And I started listening the theme of loneliness and wanting to, to just have women to gather and talk and just catch up and form friendships. And so I prayed. And um, one of the things I learned through Fresh Expressions is uh, you listen and you use what you're passionate about. Well, I love crafting and journaling and uh, arts. And so I thought, well, what if we just start a group of women that can meet any age? Everybody's welcome. And 
we get to know one another. Uh, we can share maybe a devotional and we can craft and have fun together. And it has been beautiful. Uh, it started actually last February. Uh, so it will be a year now. And it's been amazing. We've had from ages eight to 100. Uh, and it's been beautiful to see how everybody just comes together and how they just have fun. Uh, I loved one of the older ladies. She said, I can't remember when was the last time I painted or picked up a brush. And so to see the excitement with something that seems so simple, right? Like paint or crayons or, um, but it's, it's been beautiful. It's been beautiful to see what God has been doing through that. And one that um, God has been placing in my heart and that I'm really passionate about too uh, has to do with mental health. And this is still in the very early stages, uh, just listening, uh, trying to find, um, connect the community. It's just, there's there's a huge need in this community for mental health, uh, awareness and health. And so what would it look like to have um, like some workshops and some maybe uh, like hands-on, like conversation happening and how can the church be involved in helping the community? Uh, with mental health. Um, so I'm excited to see where God is going to lead us through that. I think one of the challenges you run into in rural settings is because it's so small, because everybody knows each other, there's heavy expectations on how you're supposed to be. And so you put up this facade of, you know, trying to, to do perfect. And so when you fall short, you fall that much harder. And mm-hmm. so we really learned that it's trying just to create space where we remind folks that God loves you as you are um, and that creating safe places to, to come in and, and just experience what that looks like. Um, one of the things that she didn't mention part of growing together, this need is that's one of our cultural bridges. That's where we've seen Spanish and English coming together um, and crossing cultural boundaries. And um, the, the part of growing together is growing together in stuff that's outside our comfort zones. And that's been a beautiful piece to see as it's played out over the last year. Um, but that again, that's pushing us beyond those expectations we have. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. And I love the, I, I think it's a good reminder to us about listening because I think we like to jump into to new things and mm-hmm. try new things. And, and that's not a bad thing, but sometimes um, it's good to take our time and not, and especially in rural areas, I feel like um, taking your time is a good thing. Um, Cause if you try to jump in, too quickly, um, people become suspicious of that as well. So yes. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, now I have a question for you individually. Uh, what is one spiritual practice that you have found meaningful for your own faith journey? I'll start. Okay. <laughs> um, so I love journaling. And one of the things I discovered, and I have to admit, in one of my hardest times in life, was Bible journaling. And so I have picked up Bible journaling and it's been amazing to be able to not only study scripture, to dig deeper, but also to draw something, to paint something that relates to that verse and how God is speaking to me through that verse. Um, And so it has helped me tremendously in my spiritual journey and my spiritual walk and just being able to not only read scripture, but let it sink in by what I'm drawing or what I'm painting. Um, so that's one of my favorites. <laughs> I love it. As for me, um, 
I think I've kind of like two that have really hit. I mean, the one I've always fallen back to is I've always had a passion for music. Um, I would have studied as hard in undergrad as I did playing instruments. I might could have gotten out and bastard in four years. But um, <laughs> I love to sit down with my guitar, sit down at the piano and just play. Um, nothing, nothing specific, just to let Holy Spirit creativity come and, and do. And then my other thing is I'm just a nerd. I love learning. Um, and so podcast videos. I'm on a Hebrew kick right now, so I'm trying to teach myself Hebrew. <laughs> um, some days awesome. I get better than others. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, just letting, being filled by learning something new uh, mm. is a spiritual discipline for me. That's great. Uh, so do you have any way that listeners can connect with you online? Either one of you? So me, uh, on Instagram, <laughs> it's J-A-I-D-Y-P-R. Awesome. Uh, and I post a bit of everything there. Uh, also on Facebook, you can find me oh, with my name, uh, J.D. Mar, Alicia Smith. And then you. And so, so yeah, for us, I mean, we uh, have a church website that we put everything to. So it's www.jordanmemorial.org. Um, and so you can find all of our events we have going on or, or posted there. And, um, then for our Hispanic church, La Luz de Cristo, they have a Facebook page that keeps their um, stuff going. And that's, we enjoy, we broadcast all of those services and Bible studies live. So a uh, fun, if you want to learn some Spanish or get into some bilingual uh, worship, we would definitely invite you to join us online for those. And I would say, stay tuned because I'm about to open a YouTube channel. <laughs> Oh, that's exciting. Definitely yeah. exciting. Well, thank you for sharing with us today. We really appreciate you taking time to talk to us. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much for the opportunity. <laughs> thank you so much to Chris and JD for uh, sharing uh, in the interview with us there. And so Kathleen, what was your what was your takeaway from from that interview? Church doesn't have to be Sunday morning. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, we definitely, I think, get stuck in that mindset very quickly. Um, for those of us who have been, uh, you know, who grew up in church and things like that, uh, and many of our rural people, but it's great to, to think about how church can exist outside of that. Definitely. Um, okay, and so we still have one more interview with you. Kathleen, who's our last interview with? Alan Jesse. He is the lead pastor of Highlands Fellowship in Southwest Virginia, and this is a unique church because it's a multi-site rural church doing some creative ministry partnering with local organizations yeah and it's good to remember that uh, all sorts of different uh, the church uh, kind of functions and looks all sorts of different ways in different rural areas and uh, we appreciated alan for um being able to share with us in some of the ways that um, multi-site thing in is working in his area and and some of the neat things that they're doing uh We'd like to welcome Alan Jesse today to our podcast. Alan, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you end up doing ministry in a rural location and what led you to what you are doing now? Sure. Well, I grew up in Southwest Virginia, which is sort of in the middle of nowhere and um, just had a great upbringing in the church. And uh, when I went to college, uh, I, I decided I needed some extra income. And so the church I grew up in offered me a part-time position 
to do youth ministry and uh, started there all the way back in 1983, if you can believe it. It's my 40th year in ministry. Uh, so God, I did that's, that, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, did that for a couple of years, and then we actually planted a church. And uh, I was there for 25 years in a church plant that uh, several years ago uh, spawned off of a fresh expression, and it's doing great. It's uh, its its own church now. And then for the last 12 years, I've been uh, at a church called Highlands Fellowship, which is more of a multi-site church, still in the rural area. But um, it's been a great place. And uh, we've had a couple of fresh expressions that have started from that church as well. Five kids been married to uh, Brenda for a long, long time. We have mm. we call them uh, two homemade kids. So our oldest two, Martha and Joseph, and then three heart made. We adopted two from Ethiopia and one through our local foster care system. And uh, he's he's 13. So I'm far from an empty nester, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, that's right. We, we have a 13 year old daughter. Uh, all we have three kids. Um, they're all uh, they're all, I guess you would say, uh, 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 natural made or <laughs> your term for it was. But uh, um, and uh, so you grew up in southwestern Virginia, though, where, where yes. near where you pastor now. Yes, I've been uh, I've been here my whole entire life, exception oh, yeah. for seminary days, but uh, the whole time here. That's great. We we definitely. Uh, we went to seminary in the Northeast and we, we, we grew up in the Northeast and felt very called uh, geographically called to the Northeast as well. So I just uh, definitely uh, understand that that sense of a call to the people that you grew up with, really. So, yes, so, absolutely. Way to do ministry. <laughs> yes. Now, what do you see as God's specific mission for your particular context? Yeah, for us, uh, we just sort of uh, look at the life of Jesus and we want people to experience life with him. Uh, mm. We feel like uh, we're people of truth and love, so we're going to teach the scripture and we're going to do it in a loving way. We want to be a place to belong. Um, we call church I'm at now, we call it's Highlands, we call Highlands home. And then we want to be a church on purpose. And so that's sort of the missionally who we are and visionally who we are. Our vision would be to um, transform people and places through Jesus. So we believe that when you look at how Jesus called his disciples, they were transformed because of the love of Jesus. And then they went and they transformed places. So that's sort of our context of mission and vision of where we are. Yeah, that, uh, that's, that's great to hear. And so um, multi-site in a rural uh, location, that's definitely uh, a little different than uh, you know a lot of ministry models. How does that work in a, in a rural setting? I mean, obviously, we, I think we're more familiar with that in more of a suburban kind of or urban kind of setting. Right. Well, we are. Uh, we So we have two larger locations, sort of the uh, the original site is in, is in a historical town, southwest Virginia, called Abingdon, Virginia. And uh, honestly, it was the, the first church that was a little bit different than probably traditional church. So 20, mm. 26 years old. And it just was the right season for something new and something different. They started in a high school founding pastor, just had a tremendous vision. And and it grew so fast, so quick that they launched a second site with about 400 people in Bristol. And uh, it's still going really strong. And then uh, the next site was in a small town um, along the interstate, um, mm -hmm. rural town called Marion. And it was a, a church building that was given to us that sort of went out of existence. Mm -hmm. And so we, we took that 
facility and rebranded it, if you will. And uh, today it, it probably has, you know, 150 people that would call. Mm. And then we, we uh, have another location in Johnson City and one in Bluefield that meets on the university campus of Bluefield University. We use their chapel space and we sort of uh, partner together. So we have a, a couple of larger campuses and then a couple, uh, the rest of our, our locations would be somewhere around 100 to 300. Oh, that's a, I, I, that's I, that's just a, a fun model, a different kind of way of thinking about. Can you share about uh, with us uh, about your ex- experience with Fresh Expressions in your church and or in, in your community? Sure. What we were sort of challenged to do was think of new ways to reach people with the gospel, and uh, just so happened that we had uh, some young. I've always believed in raising up the next generation. We had some mm-hmm. young guys on our team that that wanted to be more than a campus pastor, which that is sort of the setting in a multi-site and they had speaking gifts. And, and so we said, Hey, let's, let's go there. And, uh, one we sent, uh, to our Johnson city location and rebranded it, called it new collective church. And, uh, so, you know, still the screen, he spoke there and it, it, it was amazing. I mean, it's grown by leaps and bounds. And, mm. uh, even during COVID, we took a hit, of course, but, uh, after COVID, it's come back really strong. And the other fresh expression that we started, uh, right before COVID, which was bad time to start, of course, Ouch. but was, uh, this, uh, guy's been a longtime friend of mine and he's always had this, we're in the, birthplace of country music here in Southwest Mm. Virginia. And so he felt like, I really believe God's called me to reach people through this avenue of country music, uh, almost like folk country. Mm. And there was a a real uh, popular band in our area called Folk Soul Revival. That lead singer sort of got, Jesus got a hold of him. And he says, you know, I want to make myself available. And so they created a band and dissolved the other one. And uh, Pastor Craig Barber is the pastor of Simple, it's called Simple Rhythms. And uh, they started uh, in the birthplace of country music, the museum. And uh, it it grew to about 100 people. And then the idea was to reach people like on a Saturday night or something like that Mm -hmm. that wouldn't come to church. So I think we started it on Sunday night. And uh, then COVID sort of shut that down. So they went to a local like wedding venue called the Barnes at Chip Ridge, still that barn sort of country flavor. And uh, then we actually had a country service at our church because it's so popular in the area. Mm. And so we started Simple Rhythms in when we brought it back from COVID at 11 o'clock in that service, in that venue. And uh, it was standing room only. He outgrew that space. And this past August, he felt like after coaching a lot from Mike Humphrey and some of the other Fresh Expression leaders that it was time for him to plant. And they Mm -hmm. found a great place to plant. I think they started with 500 people right out of the gate. And it's only gone up from there. I mean, it it is really a tremendous movement of reaching Mm -hmm. people who had sort of disenfranchised with the church, got hurt with the church. So there are several believers. We sent um, several believers from Highlands there, but they've reached a lot of young people and a lot of a lot of new believers uh, in the mm. process there. And Stum's, you know, still sort of finding out that spiritual journey. So it's been very successful. Mm. Yeah. 
That's yeah. It's so good to hear when uh, when people find you know one of those things that that kind of helps people connect. Uh, and then and then you know when you incorporate the gospel into the stuff that people would be doing anyway. I mean, uh, certainly I'm sure people go and are, are you know listening to music together, going places to listen to music together all the time. So if you can uh, you know if you incorporate the gospel into that, make church happen in places people already are, and to see what yes. God does with that kind of thing, it's pretty amazing. So uh, that's that's a, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing those with us. That's. Uh, that was that was a really good. Um, sure. How do you think this experience has impacted the your wider church mission? Um, having these these the fresh fresh expressions. Yeah. So what fresh expressions has sort of helped us do is to rethink about uh, we're in rural Southwest Virginia, Upper East Tennessee, and we know that the communities in which we have campuses in are not what they could be. Mm. So we sort of began to think, how could we really become a church that if we shut down, the communities really would miss us, you know, that we're not mm. asking something from the communities, but we really desire our church to make an impact and, and to see communities transformed through Jesus. So we started meeting, this has been about five years ago now, we started meeting with a lot of our local business people and our community leaders, mayor, town council, those type things. And we just said, what are the giants in your community that are keeping you from being all that we can be? And we identified several of those. One of the biggest ones that we had here in Southwest Virginia, we have a huge opioid problem. And as a result of that, a lot of kids were being taken out of homes. We didn't have enough foster parents to care for those kids. So they were not only losing their family, but they were losing their school, their community. And they were being shipped to Northern Virginia. So mm -hmm. we decided we're going to champion that as a church. And I think uh, when we started this, we had maybe eight foster families. Now we have about 70 or 80 foster families. We have tons of foster kids in our, in our families in the church. And we work with an organization called Virginia Kids Belong that if you don't want to foster, we're going to wrap around you as foster parents mm -hmm. and deliver meals to you or whatever, give you a night out. And uh, the church has just embraced that to where now, if there's a child that's taken out of a family in our area, we have a foster family that has been trained and can love them. And it's it's a neat story. So that was one of the big things that, that we felt like um, we wanted to, to help, that we could help. It wasn't really that cost effective for us. It just was labor intensive, right? We had to, <laughs> yep. we had to find families and get them trained and, and really just cast vision to help them understand the need. But um, we identified some other areas that are much like that, that the church could, could go into the communities, move outside the walls mm -hmm. and be the church in the community. And so we partner with a lot of other organizations. We don't try to, to be the church. We're not out there about us. We're just, we'll let them uh, take the honor and the glory for meeting a need in the community, but we can supply. Sometimes it's resources and sometimes it's people. But um, I think if you were to ask our community today how they feel about the church, it would be so much better than mm -hmm. when they felt like we were the church that wanted them to come there, wanted something from them. Now they know we're on their side. We want something for them. And our communities as a whole have, have they're better. You know, they, they yeah. truly are. And it's humbling to see, but it really is a, a great 
opportunity to go into those rural areas. And, you know, they're smaller. So word, word travels fast, as you know, in, in small communities, for sure. Yeah, I, um, I, one of the things, and certainly from talking, uh, certainly to you here, but certainly to other 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 uh, people through the podcast here, one of the things I've had a sense for is that the unique opportunity that rural churches and being in a rural church ourselves that you have is uh, the connection to the wider community is often very natural, um, and yes. so uh, when given uh, and the opportunities to partner with other organizations and things like that in a way that um, is. Uh, uh, that can really make a, a change and a difference in a community. Um, and that, uh, uh, not that that can't happen in, in, in different settings as well, but I think rural churches are particularly well positioned, um, to, to see that kind of ministry happen and really help their communities thrive in a way, uh, and to bring the gospel into that and how, and how a community can thrive. So that's, uh, the, the foster care thing. That's, that's, that's an amazing story. I'm, I'm so glad you shared that with us. Cause that is, uh, that's something really to, to celebrate and to cherish because that's, uh, Certainly here uh, in, in, in I think I'm sure every l- rural location that's such a, a consistent problem, you know, with, with opioid mm-hmm. issues going on and with kids needing a place to go and a safe place to go. So um, uh, I just am excited to hear that that's happened. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Our last question for you, and we like to wrap up with this question in general, um, is uh, first, what is one spiritual practice that you found meaningful for you uh, in your in, in your faith journey? Well, for me, uh, I love relational ministry. I'm extroverted type person, and I just love people. But I, I think in my life, the the thing that I've been learning lately, uh, recently, and even though I'm much older, you know, I found you got to be a constant learner. Mm. And we've been um, we've been going to a, a series by one of my young guys, and he's been uh, he just called the series transformational life, and it's really it's been amazing. Uh, and one of the disciplines that he talks about is silence and solitude. Uh, it goes, goes back to, to Jesus for a guy like me. Uh, that's, that's sort of hard. You know, I've, I can talk my way out of things and talk my way into things. And so I've, I've been trying to apply the last year, just, uh, some silence being still before the Lord and, and finding those moments of solitude, we have five kids, you know, and it's chaos, two dogs that are crazy. And, you know, my wife works full time. I work full time. And it, it just seems like that that's the thing that easily gets crowded out of our day. And it, it becomes like, well, that's not that necessary for you. But I found that if I can spend some time before the Lord, just in silence and solitude, he does speak. And, you know, you've form that relationship with him in a deeper way. And it's, it's been good for me. Thank you. All right. Last thing. Um, if people want to find you online or, or uh, how can they do that? Yeah, I don't have much of an online presence. Unfortunately, I'm sort of uh, <laughs> in obscurity down here in Southwest Virginia, but uh, the church is Highlands Fellowship. So uh, you, you can go to, uh, I'm sorry. I thought I had no, that. That's okay. um, but you can go to, um, hf.church and um you could find some of the stuff that we do and some of the messages i've spoken we have a teaching team so um uh, that's about it I, i'm i'm sorry i don't have much of a presence out there in the social media world 
I think that I think that's what I think that that means you're you're you're, you're, you're passing a rural area, right? <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Uh, and certainly, I think probably going to the church website would be a, it's a place worth going to because because the story of what's going on there is is really neat to see, and I think worth people uh, just being reminded of of some of the the ways that God can use uh, churches in rural locations to impact their community. So, um, well, yeah, definitely. Well, Thank you guys so much for what you do. And maybe one day we'll meet face to face somewhere. But uh, yeah, definitely. It, it, was, it was good very, to know you. Yeah, it's been very good to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you, Alan, for that interview. Uh, so one takeaway point uh, that I uh, that I came away from this interview with is uh, using music as a way to connect with your community. I haven't mentioned this, I don't think, in this podcast, but my undergraduate degree was in music education. Um, and uh, God kind of led me in a different direction, but it's still something that I love. So I liked I liked that point. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I took away from our from the interview was uh, the idea of partnering with other organizations, um, particularly the way they talked about how they had, they had partnered um, with the foster care system uh, at their church. And certainly uh, something, you know, if you find uh, an organization in your community that is really doing something that is uh, that you can partner with them on in terms of supporting what they're doing, um, that's that's work that is gospel kind of work, then uh, then. That's how amazing is that, and the ways that your your church can really make a, a difference, a positive difference in your community for the gospel and just for the for your community in a whole. So I really appreciate the way they talked about how their church had been doing that. Okay, um, one of the things we do at the end of each podcast as we kind of start to wrap up is we talk about um, something that has happened uh, recently that reminded us we live in a rural location, or not necessarily recently, but something that. That might happen in a community that helps remind you live in a rural location. So this week, Kathleen, you've got something. What do you got for us? Uh, so we have a local thrift shop. It's I, called. I bet most of you have a thrift shop in your <laughs> well, in whatever town you live in, so uh, rural it, or urban. <laughs> it's called the Thrifty Attic, and they do great things. Uh, they only have one person that they pay; everybody else is volunteer, and they uh, they just use the, all the money that they make uh, to support local organizations, um, mostly nonprofit organizations. And they like, uh, they like to support things that aren't, that are not part of the regular budget. Um, so our church has benefited from this, uh, like one year they, they got us chairs, uh, because we didn't have any chairs after the fire. We really needed them. So, uh, real practical kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, the fire department, every year the fire department gets, um, gets, uh, some sort of, some sort of grant basically from them for, uh, usually, uh, yeah, they do a great job and yeah. the other fire department in town does and the rescue squad, every, they do a great job helping out with people in our, um, so, uh, I had lost a sweatshirt. I, I couldn't find a sweatshirt and, and it wasn't a big deal, but, uh, I it's was funny kinda, that you were losing laundry. I'm the one who's always like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For some reason I lost, <laughs> I lost a sweatshirt and I was kind of bummed about it. Um, and, uh, I was out and about in the community and I actually saw somebody wearing my sweatshirt and I knew it was, it was, there were some, some, some things about it that I knew were, you can say it, there was stains and, but no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There was, um, there was not stains. I saw her wearing my sweatshirt and I was like, Oh, bummer. I totally donated that 
didn't realize I donated it. Uh, so uh, you know that you live in a small town um, when you see someone else wearing your shirt. Okay, and, now, and, now you and now if you're someone who's local and listening to this podcast <laughs> and you're a roughly Kathleen size, you're thinking, did I buy Kathleen? And you bought a sweatshirt ever at Thrifty Attic. You're like, did I buy Kathleen's sweatshirt? Um, you'll have to just, that's just going to be a mystery here. You know, I, I will never tell who it might have gone to. Um, so, so yeah. uh, we really appreciate you spending the time with us for season one of the podcast. Uh, if you found this encouraging, we would love for you to share it with your friends or other colleagues that you think might benefit from this. Also, if you could uh, give us a rating on wherever you listen to this, that would be helpful in getting other people to find us. And one last plug for the Rural Renewal Summit coming up in in just, I think it's this week. Yeah, it's this week. Yes. So we are uh, so excited about it and we hope that you'll join us for that. Yep, it's the 21st and 22nd of April, just in case you were running the actual dates and we're excited. We hope to see you there. Rural Renewal Podcast is a part of the Rural Renewal Summit, an initiative of Fresh Expressions, happening April 21st and 22nd. The summit is a two-day digital event exploring new possibilities for small town churches. Learn more at freshexpressions.com slash rural renewal summit. Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we live, eat, work, and play by leveraging the creativity and endurance of the inherited church. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of the church that works in small towns, big cities, and everywhere in between, go to freshexpressions.com slash how to start. To connect with this podcast, you can email us at podcasts at freshexpressions.com. Rural Renewal Podcast is hosted by Kathleen Blackie and Chris Blackie. It is edited by Joel Limbowen and produced by Kathleen Blackie and Chris Morton. Our North American director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you've learned something or have been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Let us end with this prayer for town and rural area from the Book of Common Prayer. Lord Christ, When you came among us, you proclaimed the kingdom of God in villages, towns, and lonely places. Grant that your presence and power may be known throughout this land. Have mercy upon all of us who live and work in rural areas, and grant that all the people may give thanks to you for food and drink and all other bodily necessities of life. Respect those who labor to produce them and honor the land and the water from which these good things come. All this we ask in your holy name. Amen.